the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuesday morning, we got it. We got past Monday. That was a good thing. I'm glad that we got past Monday. Yesterday was slow uh, as far as going through the whole show, but it was a good show. We had a lot of great information yesterday, especially from Blue Keller and the whole thing with the. Pulaski County Sheriff's Department taking money from a uh, illicit gambling parlor. So that was that was fun yesterday. I still got if you haven't seen it. I I've got I've got the all the necessary forms right here that says that it's actually going on. We'll see what uh, uh, Judge Fox does. Of course, he made sure that there's not going to be anything said about it till after the election. Of and course, it's in your face. And none of the TV stations are saying anything on the air about it. So that, mm. you know, interesting. Mm. Hey, they're in the pocket of the mayor. Most of the stations in the city, they're in the pocket of the mayor. There is no doubt about it. And they, they hate me saying it. And I've never come out and attacked the media here in this city uh, in the past. But they deserve it right now. They're not covering the news in this city. I mean, we what we had three more murders over the weekend. How much? Is, when is enough enough? When when are you guys going to park on City Hall and just sit there until the mayor does something to get this cleaned up? Anyway, they did that back in the nineties. You know, you might want to go back and look at your history a little bit. All right, Dave Ellswick show. I'll, I'll move away from that. Uh, Lance is here today. Lance, how you doing, bro? Doing great. Good morning, Dave. Good to have. Thanks for look, having look, me. Look, I got to say, we were going to have Lance on at nine o'clock. And then you found out that his bosses said he had to do something at nine thirty. Right, so staff meeting. He had. Yeah. He says, staff "Is there another time I can come on?" And I wrote back to him. I said, <clears throat> 6 a.m." <laughs> and what did I say? Well, perfect. You didn't. Say, well, you didn't say anything for the first two hours that took you to, rep- to reply. And then <laughs> he replied and said, "I'll be there. I'll be. There I'll be with there." Bells on. Yeah. In a well, bone in baseball, we got to get up early sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. a.m. is a bell's yeah. on time. Well, All right, for, Simone's here, too. Move up on the microphone, Simone, so we can hear you. Say, say hello. Hello. Yeah, see, she's really Howdy here. Folks. She's not in the other room. She's really here in the studio. Yeah. I can I just, vouch for that. I wanted to let everybody, <laughs> let everybody know about that. So you guys are going to have a golf tournament a week. Well, it was a week from yesterday. Actually, yeah, yeah. So the the short version is, yeah, if you want to help kids play baseball in yeah, Arkansas, it's... then support the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation. But the long version is that the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation, you and I have talked about this. We when Well, I you've first, already done something yeah, about it. <clears throat> well, we, we launched it in November, and I'll tell Simone, because she can she yeah, could know yeah. about it. But we, uh, we help kids, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we, before the show started, we were talking about our kids, and I mean, everybody who has kids, we all care about kids, and the problems that they have, diabetes, obesity, screen right. time. I mean, the CDC says that if you're under five, you should get zero hours of screen time. How, how realistic is that? 
It's yeah, pretty like, stupid. That's pretty stupid. So yeah. we got to get these kids outside. I've seen this problem. I mean, we've been doing this for almost two decades now. And I have a pretty unique position with the Travelers. For those that, who don't know, I do all the on-field stuff for the Travelers. But one of the coolest parts of my job is playing with little kids. You know, we get to get them on the field, and they do the Field of Dreams, and they do the Pledge of Allegiance with the team. And anyway, it's really cool. But it's also given me a unique perspective, right? Because I've seen over the last 15, 16, 17 years minor league baseball changing. I mean, uh, little little kid, little league youth, youth sports changing, right? And we talked about this. Once upon a time, you pay your 45 bucks, you get a trucker hat and a screen-printed T-shirt, and you practice Tuesdays and Thursdays, and your games are on Saturday. That was the same it. Field. That was it, right? And that's not the case anymore. Now you're paying thousands of dollars traveling all over the country, and it's hurt the sport, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, we used to have... We have 70 home games at Dickey Stevens Park, right? And uh, the Travs, you know, 140 total. But 70 games, usually, we will have little kids doing the Pledge of Allegiance, running out on the field with the teams. And over the last, like, five, six, seven years, it's just harder and harder to find little league teams, softball teams. I mean, we're getting soccer teams out there because we want to share that experience. So the problem is that youth in general are not attracted to sports anymore. No. Right, just in general, it's too expensive. It's expensive. It's hot. It's sweaty, and there's all these other really fun alternatives. Have that you played you don't video have games to go outside for? Right? Have you played video games? I mean, video games are awesome. They were cool when I was a kid. Did they exist when you were a kid? No. It was just like they were hitting we sticks to, together. I, we had abacuses. abacuses. Or the Atari. The Atari. <laughs> no, no. That was when I was in college. <laughs> You're uh, right. When uh, Dave was a kid, they still had sticks and rocks. That's right. right. We threw that things at all each other. All their toys. <laughs> but exactly no, the, right. uh, the, the problem is now video games are awesome. I mean, have you tried one of those like 3D Oculus things? Have you seen the commercial for the one that they do? Um, um, it's a professional pitcher who's saying, "I'm glad I don't play. I, I don't play baseball anymore," because it shows his son, mm-hmm. and he stays on his Oculus to yeah. practice his batting. Yeah, and then he goes out and takes his live right. p- pitching as well. You know, right? And uh, that's why their bat, their score, their averages are going up. And uh, he's looking and going, oh, man, I can't believe this. This is unbelievable. They actually have him, you know, pitching in this video game. To his son. Yeah, to his son. Well, I mean, what's crazy is that. Now, here's the real problem you pointed out. Like, those Oculus headsets, I mean, the cheapest one's like 300 bucks. Yeah. Right. And we're talking about a toy that, anyway, long story short, there's a huge cost barrier. I mean, if you look at the the demographics of professional baseball now, and you're a baseball fan, like I love look, baseball. You look at the major leagues, right? Like the demographics are different than they were ten years ago, yes, or, or fifteen or twenty years ago, and fifty years ago, fi- yeah, very much different. Right, right. Well, if you you can go back further, and it's, it's segued quite a bit. But long story short, the problem is not that certain groups are don't want to play baseball anymore, or they're not good at baseball anymore. Like that's not the case. Right? right. So, what's the other problem? The problem has to be they're not interested. They don't care about it. Right. Right. You just they're not available to right. it. Right. And and there's it's, there's a cost barrier. And I mean, we're talking about toys that cost three four hundred dollars. But you know, bats that cost three and four five hundred dollars. Dave. Yeah. Five hundred. You know, there's a five hundred dollar. <laughs> I, I subscribe to or I'm on all these uh, 
youth sports, little league baseball yeah. groups, and these yeah. parents will, you know, they sell their bats, yeah. right? Because like their kid will get into it, and they plays, and he outgrows it, and right. smart, smart right. move, smart move. By the way, I, I right. that. But there's reselling bats for three or four hundred dollars. I can understand that. It's just too expensive. My That's cousins like, play, and they're somewhere always, and I mean, it can be from like morning time to late, late at night. These tournaments go on in different cities. In yeah, different they states. travel to them, but they pay a lot of money to do this thousands of dollars yeah there's a lot of money thousands of dollars well there's first off there's a ton of families that can't afford three four five grand a year right plus travel and i mean if you're traveling like that your your relatives that's their vacation right yeah traveling right now is super expensive anyway with Mm -hmm. the gas prices gas prices prices. food prices. i mean everything costs more and so the, the, that's the problem, right? Like we just point the pro, the solution is the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation. Yeah, like you guys have been doing a lot of a lot of work. That first event that you had raised thousands of dollars. Oh, we've this year, and we're not even a year in. I started in November. We started this project. Yeah, of, I remember last when year. you came on talking about. And it. I mean, we're not even to next November. I've been less than a year. We've given away tens of thousands of dollars in equipment grants. We partnered with a lot of local folks, a lot of local companies to give out money uh, to in equipment. Just giving them gift. Cards to Academy for a hundred bucks. Hey, you need a pair of shoes? Here's a hundred dollars to Academy. You know, this is a great. How do kids find out about this? Well, it's part of the youth program. That's I mean, why he's here. That's today. why I'm here. Come on, come on. That's so how you we find uh, out. we promote it through the through our Travs games. If you come to an Arkansas Travs game, we have our website at Travs.com under the Travelers Youth Foundation Community tab. Right. We do all the Facebooks, the socials, and the face spaces, and the, you know, all that stuff to do try. Do you know and, what you do it in schools? Yeah, in but, fact, we uh, I'm part of the we participate in the Arkansas Scholars Program this year, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it uh, starts at the eighth grade level. All students in Arkansas public schools, Arkansas Scholar Program. If you don't miss any days. If your attendance record is good, you get an actual scholarship when you get out of, wow. out of high school, right? Just for just for having good attendance. And as part of that program, the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation partnered with Arkansas Scholars, and I went to schools to eighth graders, and I talked to them about professional sports and sports and professional uh, careers. You know, That's and awesome. a, a lot of people, you know, when when Dave um, <clears throat> and I have talked about baseball, like we talk about the players. <laughs> Yes. Like we talk about the dude on second base. But what a lot of people don't realize is the hundreds of people that are required to get that dude on second base. (laughs) That's correct. That's correct. And it's it's not just the guy who stripes the field. You know, Greg Johnston, our longtime superintendent, Pooh Bear, we love him. I mean, he he looks like a Santa Claus looking guy. Uh He has worked there his whole life. And he is a master, right, at getting the field prepped, dirt, making it look so, – when you come to Trav's game, when you come to Dickie Stevens Park, green grass, oh. perfect clay. But there's a lot of folks that run that place, right. right? And, I mean, everyone from the general manager all the way down to the person rolling Nathan's hot dogs. To the person who's cleaning toilets. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, we want people to know that that opportunity exists for all people at all levels, all genders. You know what I mean? It, you, baseball used to be a strictly male sport. When I started uh, – you know, years ago, we would go to national baseball conferences where all the minor league teams get together and they were really fun, but it was all dudes, right? It'd be like all the general managers, and you know, and yeah. about eight years ago, there was a few women that would come in. 
I want to say oh, like that fun. big story in Little League two years ago was that female pitcher mm-hmm. for a Little League in the World Series. Oh, she wow. was impressive. Well, speaking of, here's a baseball stat for you, Dave. Okay. This year, right, for the first time ever, a female started for a professional baseball team. Wow. Her name's Kelsey. I forgot her last name. It was for the Cincinnati Reds uh, single-A team. Started. Female. So my point is, it's open to anyone, and that's what the Youth Foundation does. We want to let people know that if you want to get involved in professional sports, we want to produce an avenue for you. Well, if you're good enough, you should be able to play. Right. It's, but, it's, that, it's that simple. But if you're not good, Dave, a.k.a. me, yeah. right, you've got to have other jobs. Yeah, you have other do. things. Yeah. You, get, you have other you know, <laughs> divisions of sports that, that kids can play in. Mm-hmm. I mean, not every kid can be an elite athlete. Right. All right. A lot can be, but not every kid can be. And it's important for parents to teach your children that just because you're elite and you're elite in Little League, that you're going to be that in in Legion Ball or, or in Babe Ruth or whatever. As you get older, you know, you may get passed up. Get passed by. You had to learn disappointment. Well, yeah, that's yeah. part of that's part of sports, right? Yeah, right. a lot well, of people I mean, don't I want that, to teach your kids that. That's the whole point, right? That's the is the mental toughness of it, right? Yeah. You got to be able to stick it through. I tell these kids when they come to see the Travs, I'm like, look, look at these players out here. There's tall ones, there's short ones, there's skinny ones, there's kind of fat ones, yeah. you know I mean? kind of kind of fat ones. And you know what? All these guys are professional baseball players. They're all getting paid to play baseball. Some of them have signing bonuses of tens, hundreds, or even millions of dollars. Right? A lot of money. A lot of wow. money. So point being that you don't have to, if, but it's all mental, right? The guy who has the best skills isn't going to go anywhere if he doesn't have the heart, if he's not coming to practice, if he, you know. Well, if he never had the chance to get there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, exactly. and that's a lot of it. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about it. It's important. It's important as a parent that you understand what's going on in sports anymore. Uh, ICU protection. Want to talk about that real quick? <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Billy Mack. Billy, Mac, I'm going to be having lunch with Billy Mack this week. Sit down, and talk to him. I've been a Billy Mack customer at ICU Protection now for about five months. They do a fantastic job. Uh, they came to my house. They sat down with me and they said, "Okay, Dave." Uh, how many doors do you have? How many windows do you have? And I told them, says, okay, now how many cameras do you want? And uh, then I settled with a the, with the few. And uh, there was a couple areas on the house that, you know, you couldn't see really well. Uh, and so I wanted cameras in those areas and stuff. And we got all of that taken care of. And by the way, these cameras are like 1080p. If you got direct TV, you know how clear that is? That's how clear your cameras are. It's like I try to tell people, it's not like watching A&E, um, you know, criminal shows. And they show those uh, uh, those videos from, you know, the, um, uh, what, the 7-Elevens. And that people look like they kind of glow and stuff. You can't tell who they are. You can't even tell if they're male or female. It's not that way anymore. You can definitely identify people through it. And uh, they'll get that for you. They'll get that kind of quality for you. They'll get it for your home. They'll get it for your business. Always remember that ICU protection are the people who do Nuke One. And if they are protecting Nuke One, I think they can protect my living room from being broken into without me, uh, you know, knowing about it. You know, get a, a picture onto my smartphone like that. 
saying, here's what's going on at the house, or here's what's going on on the dark side of your house, and uh, you need to maybe take a look and see what's, what's happening. Do the same thing for your business. Here's the other thing. You pay for the service. You don't pay for any of that equipment. All that equipment is put on, and it's yours. doesn't cost you a dime. And uh, you just have to pay for your uh, service charges every every month. And, by the way, very, very, very reasonable prices on how much you got to pay per month. Call ICU Protection 501-205-1333 and get a real security system for your home or for your business that does exactly what they say it's going to do, and they can tell you exactly how much it's going to cost. And when they put all the equipment on, they're not going to say you got a $700 sign-up fee. That doesn't happen with ICU protection. All right, so the Travs have uh, cast a lot of bread on the water, so to speak, towards youth sports, and that's good. See, that's the difference between... Was that a fishing analogy? Kind of. I like that. <laughs> between between that. Between the uh, uh, sports today and sports when I was a kid. Look, when I was a kid, uh, the big thing was once a, a season, uh, the uh, if you were close to a major league team, a city, you got to put on your little league uniform, take your glove, put on your hat, and go to the game, and it only cost you half price to get in. And your dad always wanted to take, take you because it only cost him half price to get in, too. You know, So it was a good deal for, for him as well. Look, I remember uh, being a kid and playing for the Yankees in A-League, uh, which was the top for Little League, and going to see uh, the Yankees come into to, uh, Comiskey Park and my dad's looking for me. This is back when you didn't worry about pedophiles and stuff. And you could just kind of hang around the ballpark and, you know, talk to men and things of that nature. And this guy says, hey, son, how you doing? I said, I'm doing He said, oh, you're a Yankee fan? I said, I play for the Yankees, sir. And he goes, hey, very cool. He said, how would you like to meet some real Yankees? And I said, sure. My dad looked up, uh, and I was out in the bullpen, the Yankees bullpen, playing catch with Yogi Berra. Wow. How many years, how old were you in this? I, I was nine years old okay. when that happened. All right, so that was 62. So I, it was wow. it was great. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. great. I was talking to Mickey Mantle and then Whitey Ford, and my dad just totally freaking out. <laughs> and that, that's a, just a great, yeah, those are all legends, yeah. by yeah. the way. They yeah. really, really are today. But uh, back in the day, they were just ball players. They right. were just great ball players. But that's the way sports was when I was a kid. Right. By the time now that my grandson, who's now five, and I'm trying to get him interested in baseball, because none of my other kids have ever been really interested in baseball, uh, you know, it, it's it's hard. Right. It's hard. He's more he's interested in Tyrannosaurus Rexus. Right. He wants to do. <laughs> well, there's so you know, many more things that draw their attention. You know what I mean? Back in the day, in in whatever year you said. Uh, what did you say? 62. B.C.? What, yeah, yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah, when we, when we go to the ballpark, we go down to Dan Ryan on a brontosaurus. Yeah. yeah right, <laughs> well, the, the point is there, was, there wasn't as many options, right? Like, that was the cool thing was to go to the ballpark. And, you know, when I was growing up, too, like, we, we wanted to go to the ball game. We wanted to – and I never thought I was a good baseball player, right? Which I'm not. But I, I always wanted to be, and I always followed the baseball players and, and liked following the team. And 
now I don't see that. Well, there's you know a social I mean? component to that, too. There was a social component of uh, gatherings together and yeah. camaraderie and your friends get together and you plan and that there, And there wasn't fractured families right. and there, that were put together. To, and then we called families, which is very difficult to yeah. put it together. Maybe you're a baseball fan, but the lady that you married, they she's not a you know any kind of a sports fan, and the it kids never grew up in well, sports. And, and it's crazy with yeah. all the kids' schedules. You know, this one thing we did this year with the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation is we partnered with the uh, North uh, Little Rock Police <laughs> Athletic League Pals. Yeah. You've heard of this? It's a non nonprofit yeah. league. They're good, and we got about I think we got twenty or twenty five of their teams to come out and do the Field of Dreams. We invited wow. all of them, but it was even that was difficult. You know, and of course we gave them free tickets and all that other stuff, so there was zero cost uh, to come to the ballpark. Right. And it still was mm-hmm. difficult to get a full team. You know, many of those teams when they would come out, it'd be, you know, four, five, six kids. And I'm like, well, clearly this is like half the team, right. but it was just it's scheduling. And then you gotta have the passion. All right. Hold your thoughts. We're going to come back. There's going to be a golf tournament. We're going to tell you where and when it is, how much it costs. I want you to be involved in it. All the money will go to help the Travs bring sports to the youth of Little Rock. Back, uh, David Lucas wants you to remember that if uh, you want to buy precious metal for your nest egg, uh, to do that, you need to know how to do that. And David Lucas Financial <clears throat> will help you do that. Uh, and you'll learn, you know, how do you how do you purchase, you know, silver and gold? Do you do you purchase it on certificates? Do you do you buy it in coins? I mean, how do you go about and do this? And if you'll just give them a ring at 501-222-3315, they'll help you out with that. They will teach you the basics and uh, they will get you involved with a, a, a group that they work with that's the only regulated and licensed national wholesaler in the country so that you'll be able to get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. But you just not know how to do it. It's not like just buying a stock or a bond. 501-222-3315. You know, uh, make sure that your nest egg is going to be there when you need it, when you retire. With everything going on with inflation and whatnot now, they'll tell you you need about 15% of your nest egg be in precious metals. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory service offered through David Lucas Financial. It's an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, Dave Ellswick, I've got Lance here from the Travs. Uh, They've had a good season. Uh, they've had a really good turnout at the ball games this year. Uh, you know that Steve has been on, the, the voice of the Travs. I like to bring him on and talk about baseball. We've talked about minor league ball, the difference between minor league and major league, and what you kind of watch for in minor league, and pitch counts and things of that nature, and why is that batter crouching up on the, on home plate because the coaches are telling him to do that because they're working on something with his swing. It's really important when you're watching a minor league game to kind of it's not like watching a major league game. Right. There's more there's more things going on than just W's and L's mm-hmm. in the minor leagues. That's something to know. And you can be part of that by being part of the Travs and and going to see the ball games. And then they started this year and they picked the right person to do this in in, uh, in Lance. Lance is one of those great guys. He's got a big heart. Really does. He's got a big heart. And uh, he's working with kids now uh, through the Travs. 
and uh, they're going to have a golf tournament coming up on Monday. And uh, golf tournaments kind of fallen out of favor a little bit here in the last few years because of COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. So now here's the opportunity to get your team together, get out on the course, and compete. That's right. And have some fun Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, stop at the 19th hole, you know, those kind of things. But, I mean, just have there a good, will have be a good adult time beverages. out there. There will be adult beverages. There will be adult You've got to have adult beverages. <laughs> now, who's going to serve the adult beverages? Actually, some of the uh, bartenders from the Travs. So if you come okay. to a Travs game, we actually, and they volunteered. It's, uh, the girls who run uh, Hook Slide and uh, Iron Horse. They asked me, they were like, hey, can we drive the beer carts? And I'm like, you know what? I would love for you two ladies to <laughs> yeah. drive the beer cart because y'all are very used to vending beverages. Yeah, you know how and to do this. So, yeah, they're going to be great at it. So, yeah, well, there's beer carts. It's We're going to be playing at Country Club of Arkansas. And That's a good place. If you've ever played there, it's a great course. A lot of water, so it's challenging. Yep. It's not, the, not just the, the easiest, but it's a great course, uh, and they have a, a lot of fun out there. And we, we're going to have a morning flight, so it's an 8 a.m. flight. It's Monday, like you said. And it's like a normal golf tournament in where you sign up it's a scramble four man we're going to have goodie bags and lunch will be served afterwards by Corky's we've got some oh cool we got barbecue oh yeah yeah well I looked at a couple different options and I was like ugh barbecue it's hard to beat that right Is is the man coming out I don't know. No, actually, um, in fact, I think Blake Clayton, who's one of the owners, okay. of the, he he partnered with Joe, right. and he's one of the owners now, and uh, he's the one I've been dealing with, Blake Clayton, and he's. I think he may do it, but um, you know, really nice guys, and they have great food. So. I mean, how long? Joe plays some golf. How long are his clubs? I, you know, it's a good question. I uh, I've never played golf with him, but definitely a custom set. It's not like they, you're walking yeah. into academy and buying those clubs. You, have, you know, yeah, sure. <laughs> Joe. Is, I mean, if you never met Joe, Joe is a big. He's a tall man. dude. Yeah, he is, and he's, he, he's got huge hands. Yeah. Huge hands. There are well, they're just some, God made some people just giants. Different, you know. That's right. I uh, they I, made he made he made him an NBA ball player. That's mm-hmm. exactly how they. Did I got it. to meet Yao Ming one time. Oh my lord! Oh, that guy was freakishly Monsters. huge. Oh, yes, yeah. giant. I mean, his hands bigger than your whole head. I'm like, oh, okay, makes sense. That's makes cool. Sense. No but wonder anyway, they golf, the ball. Yeah. Boom. Okay. So. Golf. Yeah. So golf tournament. If you want to play, we have a few spots left. We're still looking for teams to play. It's $500 a team for a foursome, and that includes it's a good price. Well, that's yeah, that's great. In fact, that's a lot less than some of the. You know more bougie ones. We're we're but we're Travs. We're here to help kids. We're gonna have a lot of fun. There's silent auction items. In fact, I have several jerseys that I'm auctioning off for money for for the Youth Foundation. Okay. So we've got game worn jerseys. If you go to Travs.com right now, you can actually see what I've got and who I've got autographed, and go to shop where it says auctions. And click on the auctions button, and you can see we've got our Paw Patrol ones, our 501s, our USA jerseys, those Seattle jerseys. Did you see those? It's like Seattle green, but it says Travelers on yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I yeah, – I was yeah. supposed to get one of those today. Oh, ugh. I just shoved my foot in my mouth. Dave was like, yeah, Lance, aren't you supposed to bring me one of those? Ugh, so jeez. Look at the time, guys. All right, go Travs. I saw that. No, I saw that, that at the beginning of the year when we met because, of yeah. course, Travs have been overall. On the on the fish, and uh, 
they showed that jersey that day, and I was like, that's, that's cool. cool. That's cool. Got to yeah. have that one. Well, we're By the way, us. did you get a hold of Kirby and ask him to sign a couple of jerseys? I have not yet. you got to do that. I'm going to. Well, and uh, we that's one you want to collect. That's true. You know, we also have Isaiah Campbell playing with us this year. I'm yeah. trying to get, hopefully, <laughs> I don't have everything autographed, but in this auction that I'm telling you about, I will have some other autographed me- memorabilia. I've got a ball from Evan White, who's playing for the Mariners right now, autographed. Yeah. Some other stuff, but... Everything that's in the auction goes to the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation. So cool. if you purchase a jersey, you can do that and support the, the foundation. And then we literally turn around and give that money back to kids or put on clinics. You know, we've done uh, several clinics this year. Our last one, we partnered with the Memphis Grizzlies. And we did like a half basketball, half baseball clinic. That's kind of cool. We had current travelers, former travelers, coaches out there. I mean, I had some little league coaches, like guys who are just, you know, passionate. They want to help kids. So, Well, they get get out there to help kids, but they want to pass on the greatness of baseball to them. Mm -hmm. They want them to get out there and have some fun and teach them how to say, hey, batter, 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 right. you got to get all that kind of stuff going. And you don't have to be great. You don't have to be the best baseball player. You no. just have to love it. You just have to show up. You just have to want to do it. Not everybody can be a pro player. Mm-hmm. I mean, just it's just the way it is. It, it definitely is that way. But doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the game. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, they can really teach you how to feel the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's nothing special about that stuff. There's there's techniques that you learn, and it and it, it teaches you a lot of self-discipline. And fun. And it's fun. You get to get out there and play with your teammates. And it's unlike basketball, where you've got to be fast and coordinated all the time. <laughs> or football, where you've got to be kind of big or fast, right? Like baseball, oh, you can take a punch. You can, you know, some of the bigger kids can get in baseball and still swing a bat. And you can look run. at hey, look at some of the pitchers, <laughs> and they're way overweight, but they're still yeah. out on the mound, yeah, man. You're like, yeah, they're, guys. They can throw the ball hard. Well, that, that's what we're talking about. You know, I tell kids, I'm like, you Tall guys, short guys, skinny guys, and some fat guys. There you go. <laughs> Gotta like that stuff. Just that's just the way it is. But it's and for you parents out there, it's a great time for your kids to get out, get to know other kids, have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something to be said to have sports. That there's some uh, parameters around them. And uh, help your children uh, grow up to be productive people. Well, and parents. Guidelines. Guidelines and kind of like, I don't want to say, like uh, lessons to be learned there. Yeah. Do you teach the parents how not to be buttholes? No, I can't do that. (laughs) I can't do that. You're going to have that one dad who's like, son. And you're like, sir, sir, sit down. Sir. Yeah. Yeah, We always got those parents. But And this is for parents. Like, if you have a kid, you can contact the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation, Trav's Foundation, at Trav's. Com, get on our mailing list. We do clinics all the time. You know, we like we That's just did awesome. this, and they're always free. We always do free clinics, and That's good. and we'll usually give you stuff when you come to the clinic. We did a great one at Junior Deputy uh, back in June, and you got baseball and bat kit and lunch wow. and yeah we plus i'm always giving out scholarships and grants uh we still have some equipment grants left this year to give out so coaches especially parents if you have a kid that's on your team and they can't afford the gear contact me travs uh you foundation travs foundation at travs.com and we can apply for a grant and apply it and get that kid some money to go buy a new glove or buy new cleats or whatever they need like, and buying the glove ain't cheap no 
No. That's but I will give you enough cheap. money to cover that. Like, That's we'll, very the cool. Youth Foundation will take care That's of it. That's so, so cool. And you know what else is cool about that? If the kid is any kind of ball player at all, likes baseball at all, to walk on a major league park mm-hmm. yeah. field yeah. is like walking in heaven. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to walk across the infield and look for the rocks. Right. <laughs> You know, exactly. so you know, play second base. Where's the rocks at? So I I know that I'm not going to get a bad Glass hop or whatever. Like carpet. Yes, just I'm just saying it's it's really really important to kids to to be able to do that. Well, there's, there's so many parents that are disengaged right now too. From and, and I mean, some uh, hopefully the, it would be great for a child to get interested in this and maybe possibly get their parents engaged or well, just yeah, they know about it because uh, there's so many like I live with my grandma parents out there, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm a latchkey kid out there, and mm-hmm. this would be great for them to be involved. Or maybe in they don't have a, a real good male figure in their right. life, and this is their opportunity to get out there. Meet some ball players, some coaches, and they can be those mentors too. Absolutely. Well, and the guys that are involved with this program, we get volunteers. A lot of coaches will volunteer, not just for the clinics, but to help kids and and even to just focus on kids. I, one of the guys, uh, Jeff Fuller, he owns the Fuller and Son guys. He volunteers more, like anytime I need him, he's like showing up, sweating, teaching kids how to bat, <laughs> volunteering, like whatever you need. Like those are the kind of guys that and and girls that get involved with the Youth Foundation, and that's what it takes to really make a difference and and help these kids out and get them outside playing ball. All right, so stay with us. When we come back, Lance is going to tell you where to call or where to go online, how to get your team involved so that you can take part in this golf tournament. It is Monday. So you don't you don't have a lot of time, but you got time to get your team together and get out there and play. Uh, you giving away trophies for first, second, and third. Place? Oh yeah, I have bobblehead trophies. Oh, very oh, cool, great. bobblehead trophies. <laughs> you giving you giving away yeah. a, a half mule trophy? If no, you finish last? I, I thought about doing that, but I figured we'd just point and laugh. Okay, well that <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense. All right, <laughs> let's let's take a break. It's about twelve minutes until seven. I love having the Travs on. I I'm very proud of what they're doing within uh, our community, and they are a very integral part to what goes on here in Little Rock. Let's take a quick break. Don't forget about East End Towing. Uh, If something goes wrong with you, you're out traveling, and you need to get out and to, uh, you know, get off the side of the road, call East End Towing. Their phone number is 501-888-8849. These are folks that belong to the Arkansas Towing Recovery Board. They're licensed. They're insured on their tow operations. All of their trucks are permitted. They know the rules. They know the laws. They can, uh, you know, keep you from ending up in an impound lot. Just look at it that way. 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing. So how do you get, you know, uh, your, uh, you know, your place, your tea time and all of that? How do we do that, Lance? Where do we call? Where do we go? The easiest way is Trav's Foundation at Trav's.com. Trav's Foundation at Trav's.com. Just email me. I'll send you all the information. Everything's digital. So you can go to Trav's.com under our foundation page, and there's a link there to sign up to play a team. Um, But there's the easiest way is just email me. I'll send you the information or go to Trav's.com or give us a call. Call the ballpark, 501-664-1555, and just say, hey, I want to play golf. Yeah, see, there's not as many golf tournaments now. Mm -hmm. So 
take advantage of the ones that mm-hmm. uh, are happening. And here's one that's happening Monday. This the be 19th. A, you know, call in, say, I got COVID or whatever. <laughs> and and then. We'll yeah, exactly. has but it. just don't post any of your pictures yeah, to Facebook. Yeah, that's right. what you got to do. Don't if you're going to do Ferris Bueller it, <laughs> Ferris Bueller would have never got away with that today. Not anymore. No. no. Not a chance. So Not much amazing. we wouldn't have got away with. Mm-mm. But yeah, that's. You know, go out and have some fun with your buddies. When support local youth. Yes. You get to, I got cool goodie bags with little golf balls. I got some cool cookies from Community Bakery that actually have the logo printed oh. on them. That's going to be pretty awesome. So are you going to have awesome. uh, any ball players coming out? I've invited some. I can't confirm nor deny that, but <laughs> it is the first day. So our last game is Sunday. Right. right. That's the last game of the season. It's at 135. This is the next day. So there, there's going to be some guys in town. We'll yes. see. We'll see. Yeah, they're not they're not blowing out of. We'll out see. Of I cannot confirm quick. or deny. All right. Well, that's <laughs> cool. And I like I like that. Good answer. All right. Now, w- while we're talking about this, there is one other thing I wanted to to uh, talk about, and that is coming up here in a few weeks. You've got a little bit more time, but you need to buy tickets to it. Uh, the Pulaski County Women Republican Party Group. Uh, is putting together Chocolate Fest. Yes. If you're a chocolate person, this is happening on October 8th at uh, the Chanel event venue 21 Rawling Circle Road here in Little Rock. Uh, get your tickets uh, by you know, getting a hold of these folks, Pulaski County Republican uh, Women.com, and they'll help you out. Uh, on on uh, getting tickets for this, all of the money goes to support their causes. Yes, and uh, we have two great bands playing, and we will be honoring our courageous conservatives. Which one is Dave Ellswick? Yeah, I won't be there. I wish I could be. My boss is going to be there. He's not. He's not complaining. All right, <laughs> he's going chocolate to chocolate fest. fest right? Right. I know, uh, but I'm. I'm literally going to be on that on the road that day, coming back from Florida from vacation, bad. so I can't make it. But uh, Ballinger is going to be there, State and Senator Ballinger and Jason Raper. It's going to be there, and I couldn't. Uh, I I can't think of two guys that I would rather stand up to uh, with shoulder to shoulder on courageous conservatism. You know, that really is. By the way, Pat Becker is going to be there with the Rex Bell Trio. Yes, Pat's been on my show. You know, she's a she's an actress. She's a singer. Uh, they're kind of a cocktail band, which is kind of cool. And then, tragically, White is going to be performing as well. So if you want to do some, you know, you want to shake it down a little bit, you'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's chocolate there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, lots look at the pictures. Confection. Look lots, at these pictures. Lots yes. of chocolate. They can't see its radio. Pulaski <laughs> County Republican women putting this on, so you won't want to miss it. It should be a lot of fun. $100 a person, but it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, it's going to be a full night of entertainment and chocolate and and I think we're having a, it's a silent auction there. Uh, I'm not For sure. Chocolate. It says a cocktail supper with knockout confections by the amazing chef Yvette Bradley. No, that was the that's the centerpiece of what we're doing. Is, yep. Yeah, the confections and the bands. Fantastic oh, wow. venue, dance floor, full bar, mixing and mingling, and a few surprises. It yes. goes on from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., and it's on Saturday, October 
pace. You have to quit having fun at 9 p.m. Yeah. So it's from 6 to Well, I like the fact that, that it's happen. before Halloween, so you get to pregame with good chocolate. There you go. Yeah. Before you get all the junk chocolate. And, and Razorbacks are not playing. They checked, so the Razorbacks aren't going to be playing. Oh, that was playing. smart. Smart move. And smart move. Yeah, and this is going to be good chocolate. It's not like when you walk in, they're not going to hand you a Hershey's bar. <laughs> no, this is confectionery. Or when they say that it's, you know, it's going to be quality chocolate and it's a chocolate bar with almonds in it. Right. No, no fundraiser <laughs> here. Joy. That. All right, but I do, I want you to take part of this and I'm going to be talking about this again for several weeks uh, as you get ready to to uh, to go to it because it's not until October 8th, but get your tickets for that as well as now you got to act on this. The golf tournament is Monday. That's right. And this is going to, you know, uh, help kids uh, play baseball. And uh, if you're a baseball fan, you want to do this uh, with kids here in Little Rock, North Little Rock, and the surrounding areas. And uh, again, where do they go to? Travs Foundation at Travs.com. Pretty easy. Send an email there. Lance will get back to you. He'll get you all signed up. He'll tell you how to send in your uh, your fees and, and whatnot. And then you can go and be teeing off with the rest of the crew. It's mm-hmm. a great con. Four. You know, you know, since Tommy is, has uh, retired, it's kind of sad because, you know, the, the guys that used to play all the time for the buzz, I don't run into them anymore. There's a lot, a lot of fun. Baz and all the rest of them. Hung up their clubs. They used to, well, they used to cheat all the time, but that was all right. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love to be on the course with them. They're a bunch of good people. Good people. Thanks for coming in, Lance. Of course. It's always an honor, Dave. And uh, thanks for having me, Simone. Nice to meet you. It was great. Meeting. Hopefully I'll catch you to travel. I'll this mention week. this several more times this week. Okay. You know, get people. I appreciate we, it. We want to we wanna fill it up. If it fills up, let me know so I can tell people. I will. Stop, stop asking. Like, Dave, we did it. <laughs> Shut yeah, her down. Yeah, Shut it down. That's the way you want to do it. All right. Bible guys are on their way. They're up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 7 o'clock is just around the corner on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you want to sing, you can sing along with this song. Oh, who's this one? Now, who's this done by, uh, Heidi? This is, not, this is not the original. This is a remix. All right, Mick, this is a remix. I kind of like this. Of course, this was a huge, huge song during the Jesus movement in the right. 70s. Mm-hmm. For everybody who did. they're making a movie about it, Scott. Oh, really? They're going to do a movie about the, the Jesus movement, you know, about Chuck and all the group out there in oh, yeah. uh, Southern California where it all got started and what it was all about. And maybe that could be the start of an awakening again. Yeah, be nice. maybe. Yeah. 
Because it was an awakening. Yeah, it yes. was. It, it, it was an amazing e- event. I was part of that. That was cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I still, I'm still, you know, when I start talking Christian contemporary music, of course, I say that and people wonder, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I, when you talk about current Christian music today and, uh, you know, the, the real current Christian music of today kind of really took off around Amy Grant is when it, mm-hmm. it took it took off in the 80s but before that mm-hmm. you know Larry Stu- uh, was it Larry Stewart was that his name from love and uh, some no of the other idea. some of the other people that that got started Randy Stonehill and Daniel Amos and some of the great I, I heard uh, on the way in that you were nine in 1962 so we're really not talking about the same era. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, I, I, I can't believe that I will be 70 in February. That really freaks me out. Wow. And just uh, I think about it. And, and I thank God for being uh, gracious to me. Amen. And giving Amen. me grace and letting me live this long. Yeah. Although sometimes I wish I, had, I wish I hadn't seen what I've seen. Yeah. You know, to be, to be honest with you. But still, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I love that song, though. That's a yeah. great piece of music. Although it was not as Christian as everybody thought it was. Oh, really? At the, oh, no, it was... It, it, it's pretty. You're talking about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty loose in its theology. Yeah, let's, right. put it, let's put it. Let's put <laughs> it's it. Got a nice beat though. It's got a nice beat. Uh, yeah, so it's it would, like modern church. Then. It would. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> wow. This, this would play really well in Atlanta, Georgia, at a certain church. You know. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, and I won't get any deeper than that in you, it. You know, David. Uh, we were just talking about. You know, we were, you know, Steve was was very. I don't know if it was kind or not, but he was mentioning your your, your age, and um, uh, you know, and I was uh, I was talking to my grandmother before she passed, and and just asking her about her life's memory memories, and I mean, you know, she was you know she saw um, so many incredible things happen, yep. you know, throughout the time, and and in a way, you know, I left the conversation feeling sorry for her in a way because she saw an America that was decline and, and come into non-existence. Yeah, I've see, seen that. Because, see, I don't think any of us on this side of the table, we've never lived in an America where you didn't have to lock your doors at night. Yeah. We never lived I in did. America well, where... Yeah, this is what I'm saying. So you you saw in America yeah. what it was and what it is. We've always lived with America at a different level of degradation. So, I mean, we're still going down, but we ha- we didn't... I don't have any living memory of anybody living the life that we that the 1960s TV show, the two people sleeping right. in separate yeah. beds. We we you know that if I want to see that, I, I have to watch a you know a black and white uh, yeah. rerun somewhere. But there was a you know there's the certain you know the, the the boomers and the builder generations they they saw in America and lived in a world that that no longer exists, and that must be a sad thing for. I'll the, tell you those, what's you sad. Those memories. It's sad that my kids who are raising my grandkids Mm -hmm. can't tell their grandkids to go out and play and Uh, and not worry about where they go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I, when I raised my kids or when I was being, when I was a kid, look, we, there was a, there was a, we had a swimming pool in Hessville. That's where I grew up at. That's right outside of Hammond, Indiana. And the pool was a, during the summertime was where everybody went all right everybody wanted to get in the water and it was about six miles away and mom say where you guys going we're going pool okay 
here's uh, 50 cents. That was enough to get into the pool, get yourself a candy bar, get yourself something to drink during the, the course you were there. And uh, you went there, and you, and you checked in, and you, you hang out there. You ride your bike? Is that how you yeah, got there? Yeah, you just yeah. rode your bike, or you walked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or you walked. <laughs> and, and, and go And go do, and go do your thing, yeah. you know. And then when it started, you look up, and the, the, the street lights were starting to come on. Time to go home. Yep. Yep. And you didn't have anybody, your and mom calling your cell phone saying, exa- where are you at? That's exactly right. Nobody worried that somebody was going to try to pick yeah. you up. See, and You, you guys- want to know why? Because if somebody had picked you up and done something to you, they would have hunted them down and hung them from the la- the nearest tree. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just a, an America that, you know... We, we, we've never known. So there's a, you know, my, my wife's uh, family, they immigrated from, uh, from Italy. And her grandfather, when he was 12 years old, he and his older brother, they walked from the Alps of Italy to Germany to look for work. There you go. And you, you hear about a 12-year-old walking to another country to get yeah. a job. Uh, completely foreign. I mean, it's completely, completely foreign. Completely foreign. I was 12 when I got my first job. Were you really? You can't get a job at 12-year-old now. No. They won't allow you work. No. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think it's right. I don't think the word teenager did not exist until the Second generation. World War. Yeah. Yep. So in the Baby past, boomers. you were either a child or a man. There was no this, this elongated in-between no, stage. No, there was not. That started with the baby boomers. Wow, what a, what a different world. Yeah. Totally different world that we live in. Attempting to extend that even longer into the mid-20s. Yeah, so, yeah right. that's really crazy. Yeah. I haven't figured that one out yet. Because, I've, I've, look, I've got some sons that failure to launch was a real deal for them. Mm. They, they call it extended adolescence. And I'm, I'm looking around at 25-year-olds going, you're not an adolescent. Mm. So, you know. They think up. they are. Grow up. They think that they're an adolescent. That's what they think. You know, I've been talking about a lot of different things with people and talking to them. But the biggest thing I talk to people about is truth. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's amazing to me how truth is just not grasped anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not. Well, the words become relative. Right. That's that's precisely what I was going to say. There is no standard in most people's minds anymore for what truth is. It's my truth and your truth, God, not the term. truth. Yeah, so, please don't say that too loud. I, I, that I really gets me it just, going. It, it crawls up my spine, but it is unfortunately my we, truth. We have to deal with the world the way it is, right? And the way the world is right now is that so many of them believe that truth is. When variable. I was growing up, you know what we called my truth. Opinion. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what we. You got an oh, you mean your opinion okay, on the so you got great. like you got like two other appendages that I have. Okay, <laughs> that's great. I'm glad to glad to hear. It. But it's not necessarily the truth, no. right? That's something. It's just amazing. But you, know, okay. but you know, when you have it, when you have it in a, you know, that which exists in the in the natural starts in the spiritual. When you have, unfortunately, you know, people. Um, basically saying that well you know what was true in the old testament <laughs> that truth changed when the gospels came yeah. along then that truth changed when the epistles no, came along and that's going to change in the book of revelation so then you have this ever-evolving changing 
uh, changing truth, and then you then you wonder why the world is confused about truth when the church itself says, "Well, yeah, yeah, yeah the Ten Commandments are true, but not that number one there talking about the Sabbath. You can get, right. you can keep the rest, but don't don't do that one." Yeah, well, Jesus said that, but you no, know, he was under the old covenant. Now today we're under this covenant. Yeah, Moses said that, but you know, Paul said this, and now we have everybody fighting each other, everybody's truth contradicting each other, and then we're surprised when the world says, "What is truth? Yeah. Right? What's right. going on?" Well. Hello, we've been doing the same thing for such a long time. Well, let me give you the ultimate truth. You can't make heaven unless you know Jesus Christ. That's exactly true. Amen. That is the ultimate truth. Absolutely. And if you don't have that, Mm -hmm. you don't have nothing. That's right. It's it's that simple. That's right. You can argue that point with me until the sun goes down, and I'll I'll stand on it. That's it, the rock I stand on. One of the 13, uh, Judaism is uh, uh, established in 13 principles of faith. It's established by one of the great uh, rabbis named Maimonides. And in the 13 principles of faith, it says, it says in there, if you want to inherit the Alom Haba, which is the world to come, you must look expectantly, with expectant faith, for the arrival of the Messiah. So they know that their eternal life is connected to belief in Messiah. They just haven't determined Many of them haven't determined who that Messiah is yet. We believe and we know that we've found who the Messiah is. It's the same the same idea held with both in both the Judeo and the Christian uh, belief sphere. I got to ask you a question because this goes along with what you kind of were faced with last week. And we had a person who had asked many questions about some things that we've said about uh, the Jewish people, about that they can't get to heaven unless they do it through Jesus Christ. Nobody. Yep. No one, hmm. absolutely no one gets to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Right. If anybody tells you anything else, it's a false doctrine. Yep. Okay, right. Keep yep. that in mind. It's, it's a lie. It's called dual covenant theology. Yeah. There, There is, you know, I don't care. You no, know, I just call it a lie. That's what it is. It's a lie. It doesn't matter what, you, what term you want to get it. It's a lie. Yep. The truth is, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light, mm-hmm. and no one comes to the Father except by me. Regardless. That's pretty freaking clear as yeah. far as I'm concerned, all right? So I don't have any problem with that. Why is it so hard for people to understand when they're reading Scripture and they say people's eyes were closed, people's hearts were hardened, that they honestly believe that God in his great power said, I'm going to send you to hell. He doesn't send anybody to hell. That's right. That's right. Nobody. You send yourself there by your choice. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You get the choice. Right. How many times have you sat in church and they've told you this and you've refused to act on it? Mm-hmm. And you hear that small voice inside of you. You feel that pull. Mm-hmm. You know that there's something going on that you can't explain, yep. but you reject it. You yeah. Reject. That's it. right. Correct. Correct. I, I just don't understand why people have a hard time understanding. You want to make a choice? You got the opportunity. <laughs> well, make the right one. It goes back to the conversation we were having, right? In that they don't believe in um, truth. They don't believe there is a truth, uh, and that goes right back to the you know that those those specific questions. Well, how can you say? It's like a. It's not me saying it. All I'm no. doing is all I'm doing is reading scripture to you. It was Christ who said, "No one." And you right? got to understand so, when they say, you know, it hardened Pharaoh's heart. 
It's just the same as the same as you do when you're sitting in church and you know you need to act and you don't. Right. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's hardening your heart. Yeah. Right. God's well, not hardening your heart. That, that phrase means that God made him make a decision. <laughs> yes. That, that's what that means. It doesn't say God gave him a decision. It didn't say God forced him to make a specific decision. It's just that Pharaoh's being wishy-washy. I mean, we, we read that scripture and it looks like, oh, Moses showed up day after day after day, you know, and, and in 10 days the whole thing was open. No, no, no. That's that's closer to like a year, year and a half. And and Pharaoh's being wishy-washy about it. And God went, look, I can't let this go on forever. Make a decision. And then Pharaoh made a decision. And he made the wrong one over and over and over and over. But that does not mean that Pharaoh was not the one making the decision. That's right. That, see, that's the point. They think that, well, God made him think that way. No. No. That's not the way it works. No. No, no don't, don't try to take it out of your... Out of, out of your abilities, yeah. you get to make the choice. When someone is always looking to blame God for their failure or their mistakes or somebody else's, you automatically know that there's an agenda behind what they're behind what they're saying. They're trying to blame God for. They're trying to be God. No, there you go. That's yeah. it. I mean, I I know that's hard for people to understand. Yeah. But when you reject God. You're trying to be God because yeah. you're saying there's a there's another way. Yeah. No, there's not. Yeah, I mentioned on Sunday to our congregation. I said, you know, everybody knows uh, a verse of scripture in part, which is um, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And I said, but the rest of the verse goes on to say, and stubbornness as the sin of idolatry. So you can get you can make an idol out of yourself. Yep. You can make an idol out of your your own thoughts, your own opinions, and that's what these people are doing. And they're turning themselves into their own – they're making gods out of their own image is what they're doing as yep. opposed to being conformed into him. All right. Well, I want to I share something with you guys, and we'll talk a little bit about it. And then I want to talk about our question from today uh, that we've got from one of the, the listeners. It is the Bible, guys. By the way, if you ever have a question, all you have to do is send it to Bible Guys at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com. And uh, these guys take it up. They're usually here every Tuesday. And I even have them on here when I'm gone. Because Kim Hammer likes to come in and sit in with them and, and ask the questions we're and here, stuff. We're here every Tuesday unless Steve is sitting in his recliner. That's exactly right. All right. So we're gonna, we gonna we got to take a break. Don't forget about PI Roofing. You know, I've been talking about PI Roofing. They started in 2001. And one, all right. I got here in 2000, so uh, for 21 years I have been talking about PI Roofing. They started right when they when they they got started as a company. Uh, they they hooked up with the Dave Ellswick Show and asked me to talk about them, and I've been doing it un, unceasingly during this whole time. And I've always talked about how well they do on fixing your roof, and they do. I mean, that's what they're best known for is roofing. However, they do more than that now. They also do construction. You need some things fixed around your house, and it doesn't have to be, you know, water-related as far as a a leak or something like that. I've got to get them out to my house and look at my deck. My deck needs some work. I'm going to do it over this winter so that next springtime I can sit back out on my deck by the pool and listen to the the pump girl and uh, and just kind of kick up my feet and and enjoy myself out there. Uh, But they can do that. They can, if you want want to put an addition on your house, they can 
can do that. You got to put windows. They'll take and put windows in your home or gutters on your home. They do it all now. They're like your one stop place as far as all of that goes. It's PI Roofing. Joel Johnson has expanded out. Uh, he's always looking for good workers. If you're looking for a, a gig, uh, talk to the folks at PI Roofing. Just go to piroofing.com or call them, uh, 501-707-3551. Now, I don't have a, a, a phone in my back cave that I pick up and it goes right to Jules' uh, uh, cell phone. That's not the wor- way it works. I call 501-707-3551 and talk to the folks at PI Roofing. So I like to talk uh, once in a while about things that have happened in my own life spiritually. Uh, and, and and I think it's something that everybody can learn from. All right. Not saying that I got any kind of uh, the, o- the only real truth I got for you is what I shared with you earlier. And that was Jesus is the only way to heaven. Amen. All right. And he's there for you. But. I have something else I want to share about my own walk with the Lord. This has happened. It started about a year before I came into into getting with, with Scott. All right. Scott is a very important person in my life. Uh, he invited me to a Seder at his house. And it it was, I feel like a, a Jew suddenly having, or like Paul, and having stuff fall off my eyes and suddenly seeing things that I had never seen before, had never been told before. And the part that was instrumental in this is that there's a lot of people that are listening right now. You say, I'm a Christian. Okay, you're a Christian. Do you believe the Bible? You say, yes. I said, do you really believe the Bible? Or is there parts of it you go, well, you know, that was then, this is now, yada, yada. Or do you really now do you really believe it or don't you? Or do you take part in what I call smorgasbord Christianity? Mm-hmm. You know, a smorgasbord used to be you go to a restaurant and they had a whole bunch of stuff laid out uh, to eat. And you, you take your choice of what you want to eat. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't like that, you didn't eat it. Uh, but uh, the Bible's not like that. No. The Bible says this is the truth. Mm. Yeah, you either believe it or if you don't. If you don't believe part of it, you don't believe any of it. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And so I finally understood that. Mm-hmm. And I really understood it after I had the Seder with Scott. Yeah, praise God. And praise because God. of that, my life changed. Yeah. Yeah. It really Change. I think we all had one of those one of those moments yeah. when it finally hit all of us. So you got to ask yourself: Do you really believe it? Mm-hmm. Do you really believe it, or do you just believe this part of it? Yeah. Well, you can't do it that way. That's, right. that's not going to get you into heaven. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you right now. Yeah. That that's you're going to be buffeted. Yeah. Belief equals change. That's true. Belief is not, and because we talk about Greek and Hebrew thought and all that stuff quite a bit, most of the Western Christian world says that they believe because they believe like a Greek means they just think about it. But belief in Hebrew means you do something about Mm -hmm. it. It means you change. So if you're a liar, you stop lying. If you're a cheater, you stop cheating. You change. Then that means that you believe. Yes. But if it's just a mental exercise, then you don't believe. It really, it, it, 
it has changed my life. Mm-hmm. It really has. Yeah. And I've lost friends over it. Yeah. I just really have. I've mm-hmm. lost friends over it, just just so you know. And Sad. you'll lose friends over it. Sad. Yeah. Truth, it, it will, truth will separate. Well, sure. It cuts bone from marrow. Yeah. It really does. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. All right. Got to get break. Got to get uh, Bill O'Reilly. Then we come back. We'll, you know, we'll get into talking about somebody, and it won't be all about me. I'm starting to feel like Meghan Markle. All right. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. We got to get a question in, and I've got, I have questions. So let me get to that real quick. I just got to go flipping through my phone here. Boom. There it is. Could the Bible guys speak to the current moral state of Israel and compare that to the U.S.? Dr. Stewart said last week, I wasn't here, so I'm going to take your word for it, my, my friend who's reading, writing this to us. Dr. Stewart said last week that we must look at Israel to understand what is happening in biblical prophecy. And so I was wondering if Pastor Steve and Billy, and by the way, Billy's a pastor too, uh, Pastor Steve and Pastor Billy agree with that position, and if so, can we see what is happening in Israel mirrored here in the U.S.? Now, deal with the second the, question first. Well, wholeheartedly, there's a couple questions. In, there's actually three, right? Because it says the moral state. Well, the moral state of Israel is basically the same as America, yeah. right? You've got yeah. your pockets where. Um, if you're in Jerusalem, it's like being in the South in America, right? You're going to have a more conservative. You move towards Tel Aviv, then it's like being in Las Vegas or San Francisco. It's, it's kind of so the the moral it's aspect carnal. of it, right? It's the same, and so that part is going to be the same. But as far as looking to Israel uh, prophetically, I mean, it's absolutely true because yeah. yep. <clears throat> there are so many things. I'll, I'll say this statement. It'll. And I'll just say it. Um, Jesus could not have come back prior to 1948. Jesus, come back whenever he wants. No. no he said to the city of Jerusalem in Matthew 23 how he longed to gather them, but they were not willing. And he said to them, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, which is a, a, a quote from Psalms 118, which is a declaration that he's the Messiah. <clears throat> um, and that, he would be, that they would be blinded in other places and all that until that time come to an end. So they could not, he could not come back until they make that declaration. In order for them to make that declaration, they have to be a nation, and Jerusalem has to be under their control again. Now that they have returned, and now that it is, then yes, that's why we should be watching and really paying attention to the things that are going on in the world, because it is all centered around that and that timepiece. That really clock is. started. I, it I, is. I, I, I would actually push out, if, I don't know if Steve would agree with this, but I would push out a little bit longer and say probably not until 1967, correct. Yeah. because Jerusalem had to also, I mean, that's the capital. Yeah. So yeah. it had to come back, and that came back in 1967 <laughs> under miraculous, I mean, yeah. The, if you read the, what happened during during the Six Days War, Six Day War, it was it was it was it was miraculous. It's it, almost it, like God stepped in. It was almost like God in. stepped in. Almost <laughs> like you I know think, the, the I, thing I, I remember from that because that's during I was alive when that happened. The fact I that just you want remember everybody that. remember I was I was I, I was, was negative three. Uh, I was watching <laughs> nightly news when that was happening, and the thing that sticks out in my mind is the long line attack tanks mm-hmm. that were heading towards Egypt and Moshe Dayan with that patch on yeah. was leading the column. 
I remember that like really? it's like yesterday. Man. I can remember when that happened. Wow. And my father saying, those Israelis, they fight like dogs. <laughs> That's what he said. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I, and I think I've told this before, but uh, uh, years and years ago, uh, my predecessor, um, whenever I think whenever he turned 50 or something, um, uh, the church uh, sent him to uh, West Point, to the War College. Mm-hmm. And apparently once a year, uh, CEOs, presidents, you know, execs from companies go and they go to the War College and they have these generals and colonels just kind of lecture them on strategy and things like that. And he's sitting there and they're going through all these wars throughout time. And he gets to the end of the three days or whatever and he notices they have not once mentioned Israel. And so he... During the Q&A, he said, I noticed that not one time did any of you guys mention Israel and all these days have been together. Uh, and so I was just wondering if there was a reason why. And one of the, the generals or colonels stepped, stepped up and said, well, he said, the reason why we didn't m- mention Israel is because they we, should have lost. He said, we, we have a file <laughs> for Israel. And uh, the file that Israel end is titled Miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, because there's, there's no strategy that we can understand. There's no way to apply any of our strategic analysis to Israel because they should have lost every, every single time. time. Yep. Every time. And somehow, for some reason, they they win in, oh, in insurmountable odds. And he said, so Israel isn't discussed because Israel is unexplainable. And, of course, he was just <coughs> logging that as being just the, the miracles right. of God that, yeah. uh, that did that. And, that. and that point is why when, when I say things like about the country – why our country is going to fall and it's because of israel not because they're going to do anything but when you see the phrase and it's mentioned several times in the book of ezekiel it says that all of the world is going to come against israel and jerusalem all of the world mm-hmm. is going to come against what does all mean steve <laughs> all, means all. all. <laughs> and they are um uh, and it says god says so that the world will know that i am god mm-hmm. And this time, America will not be there like they were in 73, 67. So we, na- we may not be on the world stage. We will not be on the world stage. And that whether, whether that means we're a big smoking hole in the ground or we're just like a bunch of crybabies over here just raising our fist in the air saying, don't you do that because we have no relevancy, time will tell. But we will not be able to influence the world like we do now because now we can influence it through going, hey, we're going to give you money or we're going to take away your money. Or if that, you don't like that, we're going to come whoop on you. There's going to come a time where we can't do that. Yeah. And all of the world is going to come against Israel, and all of the world will be amazed that this tiny little 0.25% of the world population pushed back and prevented the re- their own annihilation. Mm. And then the world will declare that God is God. So it's not because I'm downer on America. I mean, we've got problems, obviously, but it's because of Israel. And this will happen in a greater way. Something's going to happen it's going to cause all the world to come against them. Let me tell you, you're $35 trillion in debt. Yeah. You don't come out of this. There's, you just don't. It ain't going to happen. Nope. Something's going to just give. Just know. Something's got to give, and when it gives, it will be big. Yep. You know, uh, to, to Steve's point, um, you know, back during the Ukraine war, which is still ongoing, but mm-hmm. back when it was started, and the Ukraine was, was begging um, the U.S. for for help uh, you know close the skies you know yeah. do whatever and there was a uh, one young girl i don't know i don't know how old exactly she was i'm thinking she was uh, early 20s and she uh 
she said something to the effect that the, the words really uh, I, I agree with him but it was really stunning she said well I guess the saying that the Americans are the good guys and will always come to your rescue isn't is only true in the movies and when I heard that I thought you know we used to be the ones who mm-hmm. would sweep in and, and execute judgment and justice and she's saying it's only true in the movies. It's not true in real life. And when she said it, I thought that's almost like the first kind of you know stone falling off the uh, you know that's a dumb expression. It's basically just the, it sounded to me like okay that's the beginning yeah. of the death toll. That okay we're we're no longer those. Guys. And when that happens, and people don't people don't fear us anymore. And you've got yep. to rule yep. um, the world with uh, to talk with the about the iron. chaos that's going on in the world today. The the debacle that happened in Afghanistan was only a year ago. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. seems it's only like been a year. Yeah, since, yeah. Since think since about the, if all of that months, equipment had months. gone to the Ukraine. Right. <sighs> Just saying, there's so much chaos right now that when when that was popping up on some of the news feeds, I went. That's only been a year. Yeah, yeah. it feels like yeah. They just so celebrated much. it two, what, two weeks ago. I think yeah. it was that it happened uh, a year ago. It's mm. only been twenty one years since nine eleven. Since nine eleven, yeah. That's all it's been. Time is so a lot of people so think twenty one years is a long time, and then even dropping a bucket. Yep. And you your know? life is a vapor. Yeah, and well, that's something everybody most, needs. You better it. make the most out of it. Yeah. And, and it's also why sometimes when it seems like I'm just kind of constantly beating up on our country. By the way, Jesus beat up on his own country because right, they weren't right. doing what they were supposed to be doing. The prophets but, beat up on their right. own country. It's because it, the, our focus I – I served this country for 21 years in the military. I love this country. I love the country I grew up in. I don't recognize yeah, it now. Yeah. But it, the, my focus is the kingdom. The kingdom is the only thing that matters. That's right. Yep. Guess what? We're Americans, but first of all, we are of the kingdom I'm of God. I'm a citizen God. of the Absolutely. kingdom first. Absolutely. That's most important. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of my one of my favorite albums, contemporary Christian albums, is Petra, not of this world. Oh, right. And they sing a song about that. Mm-hmm. We are not of this world. I, I've told my people, I said, I said, many of you have been riding that donkey for years mm-hmm. thinking it's going to lead you to the promised land. And others of you have been riding that elephant believing that that elephant is going to get you to the promised land. You, I'm in you, the promised land. You need land. to forget about the elephant, forget about the donkey, and go after the lamb because only the lamb yeah. is going to lead you to the right yeah. place. You know, I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm, Amen. I'm, folks, when, when I die, it's not like i got to make a big journey. Right. To the other side. I'm right. just step over step to it. Step over. I have, I have threatened for years to have a T-shirt printed that on the front says, he is not the product of my imagination. And on the back it says, I am the product of his. We forget <laughs> We forget that the physical world is the false world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, is, it, is, it was not the original. It is the spiritual world, which is the true world. Right. So you know, we, we get so bogged down in the physical here, forgetting that it, it, is, it is a passing thing. Uh, this entire world is going to go away at some point for a new heaven and a new earth. So um, it, we, we, our focus gets wrong because we get yeah. so bogged down in the cares of life. And we get focused on this physical, and, and it's, it's hard sometimes to turn our eyes in the proper direction, knowing we should know that this is but a passing phase. It is, a, it is at best, an 80- or 90-year training program for eternity. Mm-hmm. Yes. In, in God's eyes, this time has already passed. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there is no beginning. There is no end. It is just time. 
which means that you know Paul talked about this, and then there's just a verse in, in Galatians that he says that we're in the heavenlies right now. Mm-hmm. We just don't realize that yeah. we're in the heavenlies yeah. right now. Yeah. I think about that, and I I get pretty fired up about that. <laughs> my my family thinks, Dad, you're starting to talk weird. That's, that's what they say to me. Oh. I mean, seriously, they, they they just don't understand. I mean, that's why I like Interstellar, the movie. That's all right. Movie. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's all about. Mm. The whole string theory is all about that. It, the future is now. Yeah. It's a true. It's a true statement. Yeah. It's actually. A, it would be a good movie not to confirm um, their theology, but biblical theology because of being outside of time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God sits back and looks and says, "It's done." Right. Yeah. When Jesus said, "It's done," yeah, that's what he meant. It's done because he steps outside of time. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, let's take a break. It's twelve till. I know. To some of you, just went. What in the heck is he talking about? <laughs> All right, 12 minutes to eight. It's the Dave Ellswick Show right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. It's called a convection. Yeah, okay, convection. Yeah, I have a convection, too. Yeah, you push that, and it, the little fan thing shows up. It yeah. says it's working. That's an air fryer. I yep. didn't know that. You got a big air fryer in your fryer. oven. Yeah, I had no idea. You know? And, f- for instance, if I set something at 450, it automatically recalibrates to 425. Because you don't want don't want to have it that hot. You don't need it. Yep. 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 Right. Some deep you. theological discussions. Yeah, right. there you go. It's great. It's, Fried chicken. It's chicken. chicken. My AI thinking for me. <laughs> That's what I tell you. I know. We won't get into that discussion today. Right. We have been into it many, many times. Many times. And probably many more times. Artificial intelligence? You mean Washington, D.C.? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it artificial is artificial. lack of intelligence out there. <laughs> It. We don't. I don't want to get into politics. <laughs> and right good morning. That's just the way it is. Uh, so let me go back to that question again because there's a little bit more to it. I think that we should look at. Said last week that we must look at Israel to understand what is happening in biblical prophecy. All right. So throw away your your Hal Lindsey books. Okay. And uh, are there books written in that that vein that people? Uh, that are in the church that should be looking at to help us understand biblical prophecy a little bit you said, more. Is there people? Are there authors um, out there? Mm. Are, are, are there Hal Lindsey type people on the Hebraic side? In other words, they're really dealing with the truth. That's a good question. I, don't yeah. I mean, Hal just guessing. Okay. Well, I would say I would put with Hal Lindsey stuff that I would. Use the the whole phrase. Speaking of chicken, right? Keep the meat, throw away the bones, because he's got some things in there. But what goes wrong is when he ties to, tries to timeline it, yeah. And and that and or, or pre tribulation rapture it. That there's certain things, but as far as the basic premise about you know some of the end times wars and things that are going to happen, t- start talking about mark of the beast and global system, and you can you can accept some of that stuff. It's how that is going to play out that we don't know. But Hebraically, it's a little bit clearer, is it not? Well, everything except the timeline. And that's why I think that that's the biggest thing that when we talk – I've been going through some prophetic stuff for over the last year because I haven't found one guy that I think has got it nailed down yet. And and I think that's also by design. 
Michael Brown hasn't nailed it down yet? No. Because actually, what's funny is we, as Scott and I came to several conclusions, uh, not studying together, came to the same conclusion. I've come to find out that's the way Dr. Michael Brown is. And he takes this the point, and this is my ultimate view, is there's going to be an end-time system. There's going to be a global governance. There's going to be an anti-Messiah-type figure. There's going to be times where the nations come against the world. How that plays out, we will not know until it's right until before. Well, doesn't Christ now. say that? Right. He well, he gives you some general warnings. Well, that's right. what you guys are doing. Right. And that's why I think if you want to – but the part that is difficult uh, is because most people don't understand the language that's being used, and they don't understand the Old Testament. So they do misunderstand a lot of the stuff that's coming. But and again, that's what I'm talking about. Is there somebody write, writing books about this stuff? I think, I think what you're asking – I would say – to my knowledge, no. no. There probably is, but I'm not aware of them. Because most of the of these people that are writing books, um, they're writing it. They're very uh, America centric about yeah. what's yeah. happening yeah. here. But you don't see a book that is dealing with pretty much what's happening in Israel and America being because we're secondary, looking in the right place. We're looking in the wrong place, right? So instead of Israel being primary in these prophecy books about what's happening in Israel related to. Whether it's abortion or whether it's the you know the the uh, the you know liberal agendas, instead of doing that, they the, the books mostly are America primary, Israel secondary. Mm-hmm. It should be Israel primary, America secondary. You know, is how how America mirrors what's happening in Israel instead of us seeing that we are the beginning and the ending in this country of everything that actually goes on. I don't know of any. And, I well, and I think any. there's the reason for that is probably because it wouldn't sell that much because it doesn't right. tell you exactly oh, what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? right? Because it, it, you can't know it. You can only take what a lot of these guys have done and say, they've got a lot right, just yeah. throw away the timeline. Yeah. And then throw away this this whole idea about America and being a major part of that. And even though the Apostle Paul, having been in the third heaven and seen things that were unlawful to speak, he even said, we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when Messiah comes, then we're going to get. Then we're going to understand everything. Clearly. Well, when Jesus comes out and says in Scripture, I don't even know. Only right. the Father right. knows. All right, so I don't worry about timelines. No. I just i I look as Jesus said. Watch for signs. Yeah, yeah. Just well, watch for, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. Scripture, scripture does indicate that he comes like the thief, right? He, he comes suddenly. But Scripture also says, hey, the man who's watching isn't surprised by the thief when he shows up in the middle That's of right. the night. Mm-hmm. So there is this there's this concept that those who are not watching and waiting are going to be surprised. Those of us who are watching and waiting are not going to be surprised at all. And let's, there's the boat you've got to find Let's try to get, put that in real terms, all right? With the, with the upswing in crime that's going on right now. <laughs> If your house was robbed, it wouldn't really surprise you, mm-hmm. all right? It could happen, right? okay? But then I get a, I've get got an alarm system now, okay, just in case something goes kind of yeah. sideways, all right? So I'm preparing, but I don't know when mm-hmm. it's going to happen. I just want to be prepared when it does happen kind of thing. Well, and it, is that it does, is that making it real? Oh, it's absolutely real? true. Yeah, because, right. because the here's the thing that actually hurt biblical prophecy was the 90s and people like Hal Lindsey. And he's a fine man and he does a lot of great work. I'm just saying that that mentality because everything was the end, the end, the end, the end. This is going to happen and this is going to happen. I mean, for crying out loud, 
you know, Gorbachev just died. And there were people who you'd say that mark on his forehead was yeah. the mark of the beast yeah. and it, it looked like Italy. a dragon. Right. And so that, that mark looked like Italy. It actually hurt <laughs> our view and it actually hurt the biblical prophecy teaching stuff because so many people cried wolf for so long. Yeah. And now people don't even yeah. want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's true. And more is happening now than at any time yeah. since the Every Lord. week. Every week. Yep. But people are. People are like, oh, oh I've heard but that before. But it's in Israel that you gotta yep. be zeroing in on. It That's will right. become. It will be completely evident when it begins. Yeah, you know, zero in on the beloved. All right, yeah. That's what you want to do. I hate to tell you, the United States ain't the beloved. Nope. A lot of people think we are. There's an apple of his eye. It's called Israel. That's exactly right. Absolutely. That's why the flag hangs in my studio. Amen. Billy, thank you for coming today. Yes, sir. Scott's always a pleasure. Thank Seriously. You, thank you. By the way, I didn't get to ask you. You got five seconds. How was the trip? Great. Okay, that's Great. all I need to know. All right. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for coming in as well. A break. I'll be back at 9 o'clock. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on in the border uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. to the last hour of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Tuesday, and we're going to talk about the border first before we talk about the worst news that uh, the president could ever hope for today, which was that inflation is up again, and it continues to climb. Uh, Food prices are up seven-tenths of one percent. Seven-tenths of one percent. If you think you're spending more at the grocery store, you ain't, uh, you know, having uh, any kind of you know, dreaming. It's it's happening. It's happening in real time. It's going up. Uh, you know, yesterday, the president basically said inflation is in the rearview mirror. Uh, no, it's not. Things appear closer than you ever thought they are when you look at the rearview mirrors. I mean, just telling you, you know, the president has been throwing the dice and hoping for the best, and the best didn't happen for him. That's why uh, Wall Street's in a free fall right now. Over 600 points, it's dropped, going on seven. All right, Susan uh, Vier is going to be with us. She's the Southeast Communications Director with the RNC, going to talk about the uh, uh, the border with her. I'm going to be at Hold Her Feet to the Fire. I'll be in Washington, D.C. next week. I'll leave Tuesday. I'll be broadcasting with you Wednesday and Thursday. We'll have some of the big names uh, about the border uh, to give you the real news about what is absolutely for sure happening on the border. And by the way, might I say that the vice president is talking out of her hat uh, and when she says that the border is secure. She 
knows it's not secure. Uh, Todd knew that it's not secure when she said it on his his TV show the other day. And uh, she just looked right directly at the TV camera and lied to you on Sunday. That's what she did. She lied to you. This administration knows that the uh, the border is not under control. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? I'm having a good day today. How about you? I'm doing all right, Dave. Doing all right. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm going to tell you what the border the border is not secure. I don't care what the, the vice president says. She literally lied to the American people Sunday. Yes, she did. I mean, I think that's something we've seen as a common thread through this administration. They 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 tell you the opposite of what your eyes are are seeing. And yeah, it's, it's insulting to the American people. So let me ask you this question. Why is it we get story after story after story about this, not from the mainstream media? I mean, you've got to do a little reading and you've got to look at, uh, you know, some different reports and things of that nature. I'm going to have Frontline on uh, Thursday of next week, and they're going to tell you a story to my listeners that will blow their minds. But the, the bottom line is we've got fentanyl flooding our our country and this administration continues to say that the border is secure. Do they think the American people are this stupid? I, I think they do think that. I think that they are so used to having the mainstream media cover for them that they think that they can get away with anything, which includes lying, lying to the American people. And it's just insulting to the, to the American people. Isn't it insulting to you, as being a member of the Republican National Con- Committee, that you have the Vice President of the United States say, we took a, uh, you know, uh, the immigration system that has been broken for the last four years, and we're trying to put it back together. What? What? No, you're not. You you took it apart. You continue to take it apart. That's what blows my mind. I mean, you might say everything you want to say about Trump, but one thing you can say, we had cut the amount of people that were coming into this country illegal. That's entirely correct. I mean, we were at, uh, I believe the number was a 46-year low of illegal immigration across the border under President Trump. And then the Democrats, you know, came into power and... Now we're at a record high. I mean, we've got millions of uh, people pouring over the border. We don't know where those people are from. We don't know where they're going. There's uh, so many catch and release uh, scenarios happening. And there's a good portion of them that are on the terror watch list. I mean, I was watching the news last night and I saw that and I was just dumbfounded that the administration can allow this to happen, not only allow this to happen, but also lie to the American people about it. I mean, it is a public safety issue is what it boils down to. Well, how many people have to die from fentanyl before we understand that because of the border policies that we have, we're killing young people in this country? These are people, look, young people are going to experiment. They go out and they smoke, a, you know, a joint with their buddies, and it's been dusted with fentanyl, and now they're dead. I mean, it's that simple. They're dead. They didn't wake up this morning. What is it going to take for this administration to even admit that we've got a fentanyl problem? 
I I don't know. I it, it really is heartbreaking because it has the fentanyl problem has contributed to an average life expectancy for the American people has been de- has decreased, and it's targeting um, a, a lot of young men in communities. And so the, those kind of issues are just are are wrecking havoc on various communities throughout the country. And I just don't understand what more needs to happen to get the Democrats to care about it. It's it's. It's honestly very disheartening to have a commander-in-chief that has these administrations that doesn't seem to care about the way that these things are affecting the lives of everyday Americans. Well, and you've got the cartels that are now making, uh, you know, fentanyl look like it's, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, what's a, a candy for kids. I mean, they are out out now, you know, it's, this is not Joe Camel, folks. This is, they're making fentanyl. I mean, a gram of fentanyl can kill hundreds of people. And they're, and they're now out marketing it to your kid. That's, yeah, I mean, that's entirely correct. And it just, it falls in the line of everything that the Democrats do and stand towards in their party. You know, they want to defund the police. They want to, uh, they don't care about border security. I mean, it's just, there's no way that any of this is safe for the American people. And everyone should be outraged that this is happening in America. I mean, th- having having fentanyl targeted towards children, having a porous open border, this is not the way that you have a safe and secure country. And this is not the way that you have a prosperous country. And we're, I mean, we're the United States of America. We should expect and demand better of this. Well, I and I, I wholeheartedly agree with it. All right, so I'm like Larry Kudlow. I believe the Calvary is coming, all right? I'm just hoping when they get here, there's still something to save. The bottom line is we're, gonna, we're going to take over the House. I believe that come November. I think we have still a good shot at taking over the Senate. Now, if we just get the House, let's just say we just get the House, uh, we're going to be able to control the purse strings pretty well uh, with this a- a- administration. What are some things that the, de- the the Republicans are getting ready to do? I know that they're they're coming up with their own, uh, you know, uh, uh, contract with America again. We're going to hear about that probably next month. Is is there a chance uh, that uh, the Republicans are are ready to present something to the American people and they can say, "You elect us, you put us in 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 uh, in power again," and here we'll tell you exactly. This exactly is going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to speak to, to hypotheticals when it comes to, to um, bills being passed, but I can say that the, the Republicans are working to make sure that they are a check to the balance of the Democrat control. And what that means is we'll make sure, we'll, we'll put a stop to passing these bills where, you know, they unleash 87,000 new IRS agents to audit the middle class. And we'll put, a, we'll put a stop to these bills where they're raising our, our taxes in the middle of a recession. I mean, we are going to not only be a party of, of stopping the craziness, but also putting forth ideas and new ideas that are going to help the American people. You know, the, the tried and true the, the, of the cutting of the, of the taxes and making sure that our police are funded and those type of things that really do help turn around communities in every part of America. 
Last thing for you, it's driving me crazy. I'm sure it drives you guys crazy. I look at uh, what the media is saying, and they keep telling us that, oh, the Democrats are fired up now. You guys are in trouble. We're going to hold on. No, they're not. They're going to get their butts kicked come November. I believe that wholeheartedly. I don't see the American people looking at what we're seeing today as far as what's happening uh, in our economy and saying, oh, that, this makes me want to go out and vote for the Democrats. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it throughout the country. We've got a fired up base, but we've also got fired up moderates that are just sick and tired of the Democrat control. But we cannot take that for granted. We do have to get out and vote. We do have to get out and make sure that, you know, we put our money where our mouth is and we we take our friends to the polls. We take our family to the polls and we don't just take for granted that everyone is fired up. We need to make sure we follow through on that. Yeah, let me let me give you a little a little piece of uh, of uh, uh, money here. Uh, compared with last August, prices of food at home rose thirteen and a half percent. Ho! We're Jimmy Carter land now. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you, we're Jimmy Carter land, and uh, you know, uh, we're going to get to. I got to believe all of this will get better starting in November, but it will take time uh, because between November and January, if if the, the, the Democrats are kicked out on their keisters, they're going to try everything they can to destroy this country. I mean, yeah, they the Democrats don't have the American people front of mind. No, the American people not their priority. Um, their priorities range from, you know, far left policies to just kind of being a thorn on the American people's side. I, I don't really know what their priorities are because it's just so disorganized, And it, but I know what their priorities are not. And they're not the American people because we're seeing it every day when we go to the grocery store. We're seeing it every day when we go fill up our gas tank. And it's just not working. I agree with you. Suzanne, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You're going to be in Washington during Hold Your Feet to the Fire by any chance? Uh, no, I'm in Atlanta, but you should definitely get with uh, with some of our staff up there. They'd, I'm sure they'd love to talk with you. Yeah, we'll get them on. We'll get them on. I like telling the people the truth. We'll get the truth tellers on with me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks, Suzanne. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure to talk to you here uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. The, the border is not secure keep that in mind all right let's take a break we got more coming your way i'm supposed to tell you something here let me let me tell them here real quick i'm sorry heidi uh hillcrest designer jewelry i i I knew i had to talk about eric and then i i got all fired up talking (laughs) i did i got fired up i'm i'm so tired of being lied to and and that's all they do uh the democrats uh hillcrest designer jewelry wants you to know that they're located at 3000 cavanaugh in suite e they're a great uh place to go they're a, a, a jewelry store they can fix your jewelry they can clean your jewelry they can design your jewelry they've got jewelry on the display that'll blow your mind and eric coleman's the owner he's been around in this business for 40 years and he's willing to share his knowledge with you to save 
save you money and put some of the most beautiful jewelry on your ears, on your fingers, around your neck, around your uh, wrist. They can do all of it for you. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. If you want to call him, you can, 501-246-3655. But he would rather you just stop by. Stop by and visit with him. Eric Coleman, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. So we talked about the border. And the border sucks right now. I'm just telling you. They're pouring across the border left and right. Fentanyl is pouring across our border left and right. I don't under. I'll be honest with you. If I were the president of the United States, I guess be glad I'm not. But if I were, I would meet with the president of Mexico and say, you either get these uh, damn cartels under control that are flooding my country with fentanyl, or I will. Or I will. I mean, we got people we can send over there that can take care of these uh, cartels. And we need to. I mean, th- th- I mean, pounds of this stuff is coming over. Hundreds of pounds, in fact. And it only takes a packet about the size of a sweet and low to kill 100 people. Keep that in mind. This stuff is deadly. It's deadly. This is not like some Mexican ditchweed that's being sold over here in the United States. That's not what's going on now. And I, you know, and I hear people say to me, well, Dave, if they wouldn't do it, people, kids are going to, our young people are going to, to try this stuff. They would try it. I'm not, look, I, I remember, maybe you don't, but I'm going on 70. I remember how stupid I was when I was young. I was stupid. I did a lot of stupid stuff. And there but the grace of God go I that I'm still alive, to be honest with you. But we didn't have to worry about somebody was was moving stuff into the United States to sell that you didn't even know was a uh, uh, you know, a drug. You know, you you think that you're you're buying something uh, that you typically get as a prescription, and you're trying to save a little money, so you go out and buy it uh, from the corner the corner of a pharmacy, and it ends up that it's fentanyl, and you take it, and you think that it's going to help you learn for your next day's test or whatever, and it ends up killing you. I mean, what is it? Seventy like seventy four thousand overdose dose deaths now it's gotten to the point uh that narcan this uh, drug that they can give to people who have over uh, overdoses and stuff are in this the school uh, nurse's office how much is not is too much how much is enough for the president of the united states to say enough is enough of this I mean, I think I think people who are called, caught bringing over a drug that 90% of the time, if not more, is deadly should get the death penalty. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Just give them the death penalty and be done with it. All right. I promised you I would talk about money. 
I don't know if I really want to. It's bad enough I'm talking about fentanyl. That's a terrible thing right there. But I'm going to tell you right now, the economy is in terrible, terrible shape. This president has been lying to you. Oh, we're not in a we're not in a, a, a recession. Oh no, uh, we've got uh, we got all this stuff under control. Hey, look what we're doing. We're spending all this money. Don't worry about it. It won't show up in inflation. Didn't you hear about that bill we passed? You know, get rid of inflation bill or whatever. You know, which in fact because it's spilt, spent billions more dollars increased inflation. So we got a respite in July. And uh, it's the worst inflation in 40 years that we've been dealing with. So compared with a month earlier uh, today, the Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Price Index, on a year-to-year basis, was up 8.3%. And you go, well, Dave, we were up at 8.5. Now we're 8.3. It is going down. Ah, the devil's in the details, isn't it? Both were higher than expected. Economists had expected the CPI to raise 8.1% compared with a year ago. The month-over-month figure was expected to go down at least a tenth, but it went up a tenth. In July, the Labor Department said the, the consumer price index was up 8.5% compared with a year earlier and unchanged compared with June. Now, remember, that's when the president got up and said, 0% inflation. Remember that? 0% inflation. Lion sack. All right. He was lying and he knew he was lying about that. Prices were up 9.1% in June compared with a year earlier and rose 1.3% compared with the prior month. The economy is experiencing the worst inflation in over 40 years. Let's go back to Jimmy Carter. Let's remember those days. Uh, Pop the champagne. Uh, Not counting this spring's figures, the August year-over-year figure is the highest since 1981. The August inflation was widespread. It affected everything from food to new cars and other durable goods to services and to shelter. Gasoline was the only bright spot, and uh, they fell sharply compared with July, and that's because uh, the president is dumping out the, the reserve. That's the reason that's happening. Look, we got more to talk about about this. I Believe me, I'm going to bring it all to you. We've got to take a break. We're going to do the break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to parse this down. You feel like you're paying more? That's because you are paying more. And I'm going to give you all that information when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. Going to bring you up to date on the local news first. We'll do that now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Going to get back to talking about the economy in a second. Right now, I need to tell you about my buddy. Uh, Of course, that is Pat Davis. Uh, Look, buying health insurance is not cheaper now either. You want to save money, though, you'll talk to Pat Davis. Pat Davis will tell you how to save money. He's going to tell you how to get rid of co-pays. He's going to tell you how to uh, cut down on those deductibles. 
and he's going to tell you how to save 30 to 50% on health insurance. He can do that. This is all I will tell you how. I will explain to you how it's done. I will explain to you that I can save you money, thousands of dollars a year, in fact, with Pat Davis. All you got to do is call him. He's got a phone number, just like you do, 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or you can visit him online. He's known as a health plan man, so that's what his, uh, his site is on the web. YourHealthPlanMan.com. YourHealthPlanMan.com. Don't wait any longer. Call today, 501-605-6935, or visit him online, YourHealthPlanMan.com, and save 30 to 50% on your health insurance. All right. When I left you, we were talking about uh, what's the economy looking like right now. And I was telling you that August inflation was widespread. It's affecting a lot of stuff. Food, new cars, durable goods, uh, services, shelter. The the only bright spot right now, because uh, the president's dumping uh, oil in from the uh, reserve, is gasoline. Gasoline's down. And that's good. But it's still up by 25% year to year. That's right, 25%. The figures uh, moving up is showing that the whole hope that inflation may have peaked, as the president has been trying to say, and uh, is on a steady decline is a false narrative. It's a lie. It's not happening. President Biden in Boston yesterday indicated that he expected inflation was now in the rear view mirror. Not the case at all. Here's what Biden said yesterday. Quote, the American people should have confidence that we're on the right track, that we're seeing real progress. You know what the American people are saying about how many people are saying that America is on the right track and going the right way? 11%. 11%. of you know we are not on the right track. So this crap that I keep hearing about how people are are revving up for the election to vote for Democrats, I I don't believe it. Uh, Core prices, which strip out food and energy prices, rose uh, over a half a percent in August, twice as much as was expected. Compared with a year ago, uh, core consumer price index is up 6.3%. Grocery prices have soared and are still rising fast. Prices rose seven-tenths of a percent in August compared with July. Compared with last August, compared August to August, prices of food that you're buying at the store are up 13.5%. Let me repeat that to you. They're up 13.5%. If uh, you think it's more expensive to go out and eat, you're right. I mean, I I noticed this just the other day. I went to a couple of my favorite restaurants with my wife, took her out to to have uh, dinner. And I'm telling you what, 
what used to cost us twenty five, twenty seven thousand dollars is now costing us close to forty dollars for the two of us to eat. Restaurant prices went up nine tenths of a percent compared with the prior month and are up eight percent compared with a year ago. Food core inflation, which is core inflation with food added back in, accelerated in August. Prices rose six-tenths of a percent, up from the four-tenths of a percent increase in July, and everybody was going, woo-hoo, looking good. Uh, Compared with a year ago, food core inflation is up 7.1%. Prices of services rose seven-tenths of a percent. We're up 6.8% compared with a year ago. Prices of goods, excluding food and energy, rose a half a percent compared with July. That's an acceleration from two-tenths of a percent in the prior month. Compared with a year ago, core goods prices were up 7.1%. Now, let's get real serious. Durable goods. You know, you go out and buy, you know, washer, dryer, car, those kinds of things. They went a half, up a half a percent. Compared with a year ago, durable goods prices went up 7.8%. 7.8%. Now, gasoline prices fell. Whew, I'm glad. 10.6% in a month. Holding back the overall index. Boy, if, it, if they'd still been climbing the way they were, you know, this, this, this administration been hiding under a rock somewhere. Compared with a year ago, though, gasoline prices are still up 25.6%. Price of a used car, which soared last year and in the first half of this year due to a lack of available new cars, fell one-tenth of a percent. In July, used car prices fell four-tenths of a percent. Compared with a year ago, used car prices are still up 7.8%. New car prices, by the way, jumped eight-tenths of a percent. You go buy yourself one of those electric vehicles uh, in August and are up 10.1% compared with a year ago. You know, when you're talking $40,000, $60,000, A dime on a dollar adds up to a lot of money. Shelter, place to live, which include rentals and an estimate of an equivalent theoretical expenditure for home uh, owners, occupied houses, rose seven-tenths of a percent and are up 6.2 percent compared with a year ago. Utility prices are up sharply. What a big surprise. Obama told you that was going to happen, and it continues to happen. Your electricity rose 1.5%, and year-to-year have risen 15.8%. Piped-in natural gas service prices went up 3.5% and are up a a jaw-dropping 33% compared with a year ago. So are you better off than you were a year ago? Not only no, but hell no. You are not. You are struggling right now. You are working hard just to make ends meet. You go to the grocery store, you can't believe the prices that they're charging you now. 
I mean, I I, I buy <clears throat> use it, go out and buy some groceries. I went the other day. When I went to Wally World, I bought six bags, six bags of groceries. Now I had to buy detergent to wash clothes. I had to buy softener to soften the clothes, and I had to buy uh, some other things uh, to put uh, uh, to clean the house and things of that nature. That six bags ran me a hundred and forty dollars. One hundred and forty dollars. In the in the past, it would have ran me under a hundred bucks. I don't know about you, but every time I go to the store, if it's going to cost me extra forty or fifty dollars, that starts pinching everywhere. That starts hurting everywhere. Just something to uh, to keep in mind. I, I want you to. You know, to keep uh, all this in mind. This is stuff that is happening uh, in real time to you. I don't know if you heard about this story or not. A man that's accused of beheading a woman in broad daylight in San Carlos, California, did it last week. Uh, Illegal alien who has overstayed his tourist visa years ago. Jose Rafael Solano Landetta. 33 was arrested and charged after San Mateo County Sheriff's Office said he beheaded his ex-girlfriend, 27-year-old Karina Castro, outside her apartment building. Police said he decapitated Castro with a samurai sword. Castro was the mother of two young daughters, a 7-year-old and a 1-year-old. Castro's family has started a GoFundMe for her two daughters. According to the San Mateo Observer, Landetta is an illegal alien who has been living in the United States for years with a criminal record without having been deported. Look, this is not new. This has been going on for a long time because we don't get serious about this border stuff. And you got Lightfoot and all the rest of them in the cities crying because they, they sent them a few people. Well, you got murderers that are walking all over this country. Immigration sources confirm uh, that the uh, that Jose Solano Ladata, uh, the suspect who beheaded the 27-year-old mother of two, was in the United States illegally. He's from Venezuela entered the country on a tourist visa about a couple years ago? No, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. He never left. California enforces a strict sanctuary state law that prevents local law enforcement from turning criminal illegal aliens over to ICE. Thousands of illegal aliens every week are said to be turned loose across California as, uh, as a result of that. This guy had a criminal record that included raping a girl younger than three years old and had only served three years probation. That's according to the San Francisco Chronicle. A review of court files. Here's from the story. A review of court files in San Mateo County found one more prior serious case 
in 2012 accused of rape with an unconscious person and was sentenced to a reduced charge of unlawful sexual intercourse with a victim more than three years old, uh, younger. He served three years on probation for that one and successfully completed required programming after which the, child, well, the, the charges were all expunged. Castro's family described this guy as a diagnosed schizophrenic on meds who would use that as an excuse for his behavior. He drank excessively, and you're not supposed to do that on those medications. Ten years running around in the country. Ten years. Raped a three-year-old. Raped an unconscious person. And now has beheaded a mother, behead, uh, un, uh, tucked the head of a, of a woman that is the mother or was the mother of two children. Yeah, the borders are secure. It's Dave Ellswick's show. We'll take a break. we got more coming your way here in just a moment. And you remember we did the story a while back about how we had to get rid of plastic straws because they were ending up in the noses of turtles. You remember that story? Okay. Uh, And how United States and Europe, how terrible we were because they're finding all this plastic in the oceans and and, uh, we are just polluting the living tar out of this well. A Dutch nonprofit group called the Ocean Cleanup, which brought this problem to everybody's attention years ago, re- released a report on September 1 that found the bulk of the plastic debris in the so-called North Pacific Garbage Patch consists of discarded fishing equipment from the United States and Europe, nope, Japan and China. That's where it's coming from. Uh, The new study concludes that Japanese and and, uh, Chinese fishermen were the largest contributors of debris, with other sizable amounts contributed by Taiwan and South Korea. Counting Hong Kong and Macau along with China, the Chinese were responsible for 33% of the debris studied. Japan, 35%, South Korea, 15%, uh, Taiwan at 3%, and the United States at 5%. Much of the debris was sourced by simply considering the writing and brand logos on the plastic items that they found. Quote, we found a fishing buoy dating from the 60s, a crate from the 70s, so this must have been building over time. You think? I mean, that's exactly what it's saying. More than half the ocean surface is now being fished, increasing the chance of fishing gear being lost, discarded, or abandoned in the ocean, said the report. Port also said the situation is worsening, due to an exponential increase in plastic production over the last 20 years. His research suggests policies intended to reduce the amount of ocean waste should begin with the fishing industry. Researchers were surprised by how little of the debris was uh, commercial and industrial garbage floating into the Pacific Ocean from rivers. See, they assumed that was it. It's what a lot of these people do. 
they assume, and then they do real studies, and they find out that they were absolutely wrong. Until this study, rivers were thought to be the primary source of plastic garbage in the oceans. But it seems clear now that the bulk of the refuge is actually tossed directly into the Pacific from ocean vessel. The uh, study suggested that a great deal of the uncollectible microplastics, because I know there's people out there saying, what about the microplastics? Uh, Debris too small to be raked in by surface skimming cleanup nets could be created by the ocean vortexes at the uh, heart of the North Pacific garbage pile, grinding larger items down into tiny fragments. He noted that physically hauling debris out of the garbage patch is difficult, carries the risk of harming marine life, so measures such as regulating equipment and waste management on fishing vessels to address the problem at its source are the best ways to begin eliminating the ocean, uh, oceanific garbage patches. The authors of the new study noted that previous estimates of the size and the composition of the MPGP were, quote, misinterpreted from an initial study dating all the way back to the 1970s, producing often cited but inaccurate statistics. Let's see how often that's reported in the mainstream media. Inaccurate. So it's a lot lot of the stuff about global warming. Inaccurate. All right, so anyway. I'll leave you at that. We'll get back together again tomorrow. It's going to be Wednesday tomorrow, middle of the weekday, hump day, close to the Friday we were on Monday. Why don't you keep that in mind? Also keep in mind that in the 8 o'clock hour, uh, we will be talking, uh, or well, 7 o'clock hour, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock hour. We're going to be talking to... Uh, Uh, Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman. They're both going to be on with us tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So don't miss that. They'll have some important things to to tell you. I'll have a lot of great stuff to talk about as well. We'll talk about all the hot topics. We'll talk about news like that that you would hear no place else. You know, about uh, all this plastic out in the ocean. It's, uh, you know, the... It's the Asian nations. They do all most of the fishing over there. That's where that plastic's coming from. And that microplastic, it's not some stuff that's coming out of the rivers. It's this stuff banging against each other out there in the ocean, and it breaks it down and makes it into microplastics. That's how it's working. And a lot of the stuff you've been hearing since the 70s is inaccurate. It was never true in the first place because it was, quote, an educated guess. All right, Dave Ellswick, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon here on 101.1 FM, The Answer.
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.